the best podcast in baseball is brought to you by Clauses by Design. Update your closet, garage, office, pantry, and more. Imagine your home totally organized with Closets by Design. Call 1-800-BY-DESIGN. That's 1-800-BY-DESIGN. You asked me what it's like to be a fan. It's gonna, it, I, I'm optimistic about this year. I go to the game a lot, and uh, I had to resort to um, you know, having fun at the ballpark, even when the team is <laughs> like, uh, not very good. And I have my, uh, I have my ballpark uh, gags that all my uh, friends that go to the game with me are, are sick of. But uh, one, um, you know when I do the, the, the hat game, where it's mm-hmm. like the three uh-huh. hats and yeah, you see the yeah. ball? Uh, my favorite thing to do with that is, uh, and, and I did go to acting class, so is no matter which ball they reveal, I always get, I always start swearing. I get really angry. I'm like, come on! <laughs> I get really mad. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the best podcast in baseball, brought to you by Closet by Design of St. Louis. I'm St. Louis Post Dispatch baseball writer Derek Gould. Joined this week for a holiday edition. Do we, is that what we call it? The sort of holiday yeah. round table? Round table. A hound Except r- it's a rectangular table. It is a rectangular table. They can't see that. Well, now they can't unsee it, <laughs> right, Ben. <good> <laughs> that, of course, is St. Louis Post Dispatch sports columnist Ben Fredrickson, and we are joined. By a good friend and special guest, and I'm thrilled that we're finally able to do. We talked about doing what uh, what Christmas in July was when this started, yeah, yeah, yeah. and now we actually get to do it around Christmas. And of course, Greg Warren. Greg, thank you so much for taking this time. Oh, this is awesome, man. This is uh, this is. I love the podcast. I listened to. I, I don't think I've missed an episode in the last four or five years. Yeah. So are you gonna listen to this one? No, I don't listen to like, anything that has anything to do with me. So. You don't. You don't. I no, feel the same no. way. It's 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 gross. And you, you you don't watch your shows though. I listen to all my shows like in the like as I'm preparing. Okay. You know, like if I do a show, I'll listen to that show the next day and sort of make notes and everything. But like once it's out and like on a special or published, I don't. I never want to hear that material again. Uh, and then I, I, every now and then I'll come across it. But like, I, I think like I get played on serious radio quite yeah. a bit, and I'll listen to stand-up comedy on serious radio, and you should see how fast I can go to the the, the off button. As if I started, I'm like, that guy sounds rude. No, no, I don't want to hear that. Well, the listeners here can find your stuff. You have a new special on YouTube called The Salesman. Um, it's about your time as a salesman. Yes, I uh, out of college, uh, out of Mizzou, out of Mizzou. I, out of, I used my uh, journalism degree <laughs> to uh, to get a job selling uh, peanut butter. I sold Jif peanut butter, Online. Pringles, uh, Sunny Delight, Crisco, Duncan Hines. I was I started in Houston, Texas. Uh, Were like to supermarkets and yeah, getting, yeah, 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 and getting like primo location Thank you. on the Thank end. you for that. Yeah, because like everybody, I remember it was a good job, and I was like yeah. it, really excited about it. And I would like tell some girl in a bar, like I'm, yeah, I'm selling uh, selling uh, Pringles. Like like door to door? No, no, no. <laughs> no, you're trying to get like deal. you're yeah. trying to get capstone location, right? That's yes. that's part of it. Was yeah. a big because I actually remember P and G would come recruit at Mizzou. Yeah, and this was like a big deal. Like there was who's who at Moomin Mizzou, and then there was the P and G people. Yeah, man, you know? and that then, was, a, and there were the rest of us. <laughs> I recruited. Uh, I recruited the athletic department. That was my job was to try to recruit the athletic department. That's how I got to know Coach Smith. Wow, uh, the wrestling coach there. And I remember telling him, I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna, uh, I'm not gonna be here next year. I'm gonna, I'm quitting. I'm gonna be, become a comedian." He was like, "Hey, you, sh- you sure that's a good idea?" <laughs> <laughs> Sunny D, peanut butter, Pringles—those are like staples of a Sedalian's diet. So you, yeah, been yeah, huge. Man, yeah. It, are wrestlers naturally good salesmen? You understand leverage? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. N- not at all. You never had to like. You never like. I'll take two pallets of Pringles. No, you want three, or else I'll put you in an arm. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I I was not at that point. I wasn't very intimidated. I was never intimidated. It's why I never went pro. You know, I never, I was a little more understated, I think. But, uh, well, we, uh, we're gathered here to, to talk. We're here at Sunday Best in the Central West End. We should say that. They, uh, they were kind enough to open it up so we could record this podcast here. Sunday Best, great fried chicken, great location, great people. Um, and they have a special event coming up here. Yeah, kind of a good crossover. We're Mizzou guys talking Cardinals baseball. And the owner of this place, John Perkins, is a friend of ours. And he is pumped up about the Bragging Rights game. And if Mizzou fans are headed down to Enterprise Center to go to the game, Mizzou 
versus Illinois. They're doing a, uh, a pregame special here at 4101 Laclede. $2 pints on Friday before the Bragg and Rights game, 4 to 6 p.m. You get $2 yingling pint, and you get to keep the glass. They're going to wow. have some glasses you can take home. Um, if you don't like the way the basketball game goes, you can throw them on the court. This is I'm no, kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, no. this is I'm kidding. This is, this is a lawsuit. That's a joke. <laughs> but, the, but the special is legitimate. You can come in and get $2 pints of yingling and keep the uh, keep the glass here at Sunday Best. And thanks to John for letting us hang out here and uh, do the podcast here. The the Cardinals are at a, at a spot as we record this where they – need to add or want to add a couple relievers um they'll probably add one they're they're thinking is they probably could add one before the holiday arrives maybe two but definitely trying to get some action on some contracts this week thus far they've been one of the more active teams i mean there's kind of the dodgers and everybody else but the cardinals as far as spending it goes are they've, they've done pretty well ben where do you think they are, does does the addition of two relievers change your mind on their offseason a little bit? Well, I think they they certainly needed to add pitching, and they've added some. They need to add more. I would have I would still like to see them say we're going to get one over the top starter and and continue to address the bullpen as as of kind of shifting to the bullpen. And I don't know, people are really playing games trying to like hold Mo's weekly interviews on KMOX up to, like, the decoder. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh and he changed his tune this week. Oh, I'm like, yeah. all I know is that when I went to winter meetings, I felt <laughs> like they're maybe they'll go get another starter, like a, a Glass Now. And obviously you saw what Glass Now got, and the commitment to him was kind of eye-popping um, in addition to the extension that he got. I left winter meetings going, I don't think they're going to add another starter. It seems like they're really going to focus on relievers just based off the, kind of the tone of the comments. Even before they went down mm-hmm. there, that seemed to have shifted – but he is Mo is doing that thing where he's kind of doing the we're comfortable with Nolan Arenado, we're comfortable with Matt Carpenter at third base kind of thing. So I can see how people are like, well, they're going to go get the pitching version of Nolan Arenado. I get right. wanting that. Yeah. That would be awesome, and I yeah. hope that happens. But I think it's going to have to be, if I had to bet today, it'd be reliever. Here's the thing, though. I don't, and I don't think anyone does. I'll argue this. Nobody knows what a good reliever is. Like, you know what a good reliever was? Yeah, I mean we. We tried it a few times, right? I mean, Brett Cecil was a decent mm-hmm. reliever. R- Upon right? arrival, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. we spent really money on him, and there's a couple other guys that were Greg Gregerson, Holland. Yeah. He was like the wow. best reliever. Yeah. Um, I mean, we remember Mike Matheny making the passionate plea for, yeah, the- for, for Greg Holland, and he showed up, and he was like... Greg Polland, he was like Greg Holland's cousin who couldn't throw. Yeah, like, yeah. He was terrible. Did, did he, didn't he go somewhere late that year and beat us in the in the, yeah, the Royals? He went to Kansas yeah. City. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. like a curse. Yeah, and, yeah. And now he signed think, on opening day, and it was yes. it gets even better because that's the opening day after they had gone to Montreal, and it was in Montreal where Mike Matheny called Jordan Hicks down in Florida and said, "You're making this team." After he had not been with them. For weeks. Uh, Shout out Yadier Molina. Yep, Yadier Molina on the flight to Montreal after catching Jordan Hicks against um, the varsity lineup there um, in West Palm Beach. He went to them and said, how do you not have this guy on the team? And so they met and they decided, yeah, you know what, he's right. How do we not have this guy on the team? So they put him on and uh, then on opening day, uh, I'll never forget, or I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's a classic Scott Boris line. Uh, he represented Greg Holland, and I spoke to him, and he goes, the bird cage is closed. And I'm like, well, that's pretty good. That's close. Yeah. That's close. Yeah, it's yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So they signed Greg Holland, who, like, Matheny had stumped for. So we're getting this guy, and he just was – I mean, the lack of a spring training was so was clear. Terrible. Yeah. It was so clear. I do think the encouraging thing is they're not using that playbook for relievers anymore. No. Like, and most talked about that. Like, to his credit – at winter meetings, he was like, yeah, we used to just look at – they didn't just look at this, but he used to just be like, the guy pitched a bunch of innings, he was pretty effective, that's certainty, that's what you want. And now it's almost like that's not what you want because it doesn't project. And You kind of want a trend line where you're going to get right. those years. And they're talking about how – kind of a bullpen as a whole, right? You want the fluctuation of arm angles and the, how the stuff plays off of each other, reliever to reliever, and that, that seems to make a lot, a lot of sense now doesn't mean you're going to get it right. 
Well, Greg, how is this for you as a as a fan? We're here. He's and... waiting on the Nolan Arenado. Well, that's no, that, that's what I wondered. It's I mean, like I, I don't I, blame you. You should be. Like I all want... the moves were done early, and we're here talking about arm angles of relievers, while the Dodgers are like, "Hey, man, Otani yeah. jerseys." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I didn't think we were getting Otani. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know. I I would love to see another. Uh, Frontline starter. I guess my question is, I'm, I'm like, my, I always come to you guys with like issues that my family. All right. Because I, I think because I listen to you guys and I read more than those guys that I'm the more reasonable baseball person. And my brother's just like, well, if you don't have these five number ones, you're 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 not trying. As I'm like, you can't. Right. You can't. You know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Podcast over. Oh, He's no. right. This is terrible. Now you're gonna say. <laughs> My father is right that every starter should go nine innings. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I got to talk to your dad about Bob Gibson being left off the MLB Network starting pitcher list. Yeah, the prime nine. Are they really? Unbelievable. Yeah, the prime nine, their best pitchers. Sorry. I didn't mean to derail us. Top nine. I wrote a column oh, yeah. about it. It was incredible. That's a, that's a call a slam dunk column. Yeah, whoever wrote Someone that insulted is, is, Bob yeah, Gibson. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whoever wrote that is they, they just took Don Denkinger's place as the, you know, the most hated. I, I blame Greg Amzinger. Did you? I have to. Well, he's never he's coming on this guy? podcast now. He's a, he is a single guy. He should have stepped yeah, in. Well, he's narrated by Bob Come Cousins. on, Bob. Um, All due respect. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. The, the, obviously, we need a couple of relievers, right? We, mm, we, yeah. We need a couple of relievers. But are there – and this is this may be crazy, but some of these some of these guys that just – Fell out of favor as a starter. Like Dakota Hudson, at one time before he was a starter, was a pretty good bullpen arm. Like, yeah. would you just be like, "Hey, you're going to the bullpen," or, uh, you know, I, I it, should we get another starter? Matt's might not be a, a bad guy there either, but uh, Matt's is intriguing as a reliever for sure. I mean, given what he's done, you know, with him, he's pitched well. It's just been these fluke injuries. Yeah, and so whatever role he's in. It's fascinating. I mean, you know, you bring up a way like with Gordon Graceffo, right? Why has it all of a sudden fallen out of favor that a starter's first look in the majors is as a reliever? Seemed to work okay for Adam Wainwright, but was that just a different era? Carlos Martinez, too. Carlos Martinez. That was, that was, he was absolutely 2013. shutout guy, right? Great reference. Yeah, yeah, 10 years ago, the last time they won a pennant. Not that anyone's counting, <laughs> but the... Yeah, uh, you know, and you got Gordon Graceffo, um, who has high-powered stuff and and has stuff that plays in the majors, swing and miss type stuff. Yeah, or, really? or like swing under. Yeah, I mean, he he can he, he has a upside. Now they're, they're they're thinking that upside is as a starter, right. and now it just seems like you know, almost like they they don't want that to fail, so they never get the chance. It's such a weird, and, and the Cardinals aren't alone in this. Yeah. It's just an odd spot in baseball right now where starters aren't expected much. They're paid a lot, and the young guys arrive to supplement the starters that can't make the 30 starts. Right. So you kind of like, you kind of use the young guys as mortar to patch in between the bricks right. that you're laying down. But I don't understand. I don't know why it went so awry that like McGreevy or Graceffo, their first look at the majors could be in helping the bullpen. I think they're. I think it's called like the Jordan Hicks predicament, where I think that if you pulled the Cardinals organization with truth serum, there would be like fifty percent of people who said like we should have waited and brought him up as a starter. We may have missed a, a starter with an impact starter by the way that they put him in the bullpen, right? Mm. And then, because you saw him try to do it retroactively. Like, yeah. it didn't work. Like, it didn't take. Oh, yeah. And, and so once the gravi- they go, There was, like, a gravitational pull toward, well, if it doesn't work the first couple times, then does he veer back toward reliever? And it's like that Trevor Rosenthal syndrome where every spring training, oh, yeah, the closer says he wants to be that. a starter. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, if he's really good as, as a reliever, then it's it's even almost harder. So I think they're kind of, like, trying to stop that trend a little bit like maybe maybe it's tin cans who doesn't go that route and it, but you have to identify a guy like if his stuff isn't go if he doesn't have multiple pitches he can throw for strikes and get outs then and he only has two and it's been time and time again where it hasn't worked as a starter then i think they got to get faster about like all right go make a difference in the bullpen um i think like matthew libertor is getting close to that yeah um you know i don't zach thompson i think he's on that like line but at some point like 
you're better off veering them toward relief and like letting them identify as that. Yeah. Thompson this year, he didn't know what he was. Like he was like, am I, one day I'm a starter, one day I'm a reliever. Yeah. Well, now I'm in AAA being told to be a starter, and then tomorrow pitch. I'm back in the majors doing long guy stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's something to that. But as starters are expected to do less in the majors, then you're almost closing that gap with practice if you aren't like closing it by 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 plan, right? Like if you only get four innings, five innings from your starter, all of a sudden that fifth spot in the rotation is a glorified long reliever. And that's what you're turning the young guys into, anyways. It's yeah. a weird spot. God, I was just thinking about what. Did, remember when Chapman or Wallace Chapman was a starter for like what? Oh yeah, that was well, very be, early on. Starter early very on? early yeah. on. Yeah, it worked yeah. out for him. Yeah, go the really. I mean, that's the thing is, if you're if you could be a okay starter, less than okay, but like a guy who can be a fifth. You probably and you have the stuff to be a super. Like I'd rather you'd be better off being a, a kick. I mean, eventually, reliever. the salary is going to catch up. Right. I mean, that's that's like that's um, the Matt's theory. Right. Is the the salary Stephen Matt's got during his time to be a mid rotation guy for the Cardinals is now equivalent with what you would pay a kick ass reliever. So yeah. if he can be a kick ass reliever, mm-hmm. there's an argument to be made for like that's where the value is for him. But yeah. Who then? But that's if you add somebody that takes that spot i mean i think they're confident mats can surprise some people this year like to your question like there will be somebody this year who who people had have written off that performs way better than people thought i don't know if it'll be mats maybe it's zach thompson like there will be somebody who got is hudson just he's gone he's they done. let him they let him go he's a free so they, agent they, they non-tendered him God. yeah and nobody and they got nothing they nobody tra- not they yet trade him not God, yet they, they didn't couldn't. trade him I remember when that guy was he was a pretty good bullpen well his his absence from this team this past year um was kind of the beginning yeah, that of was... their of their fall right oh, you yeah. know he goes to triple a out of out of spring training and they go on the road and they're like two small moments in this past year really like doom the cardinals one was Packy Naughton's injury, and the other one was their choice to send Dakota Hudson to AAA because, you know, he couldn't provide them innings. Had he been a guy who could just provide them innings, they get through that turbulence of the first month, and they aren't chasing innings constantly, right. and they don't tumble into all these losing streaks. The Packy Naughton thing, they were about to shift possibly to a six-man rotation to survive that West Coast trip. When Packy Naughton went down, they're like, "Well, now we need that kind of the the swing guy, that little uh, that that position that can go long to just kind of cover us because Packy isn't there to do it. So we're not going to go to a six man. I mean, that, that that is where it all began. Now things got worse, and the defense played terrible, and their errors in the outfield went from singles to extra bases. All that stuff kind of compounded. But if you want like the subtle things, it was like the the fact that they built their pitching staff on quicksand. The moment they optioned Dakota Hudson, that's or right the, that he didn't provide for them. That's right when Ben Friend started saying, "I told you so" on on all the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that doesn't we were, narrow it down. We were, we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about the pitching being uncertain. I mean, for oh, you guys were definitely innings wise, right? Just yeah, and yeah. also the, just the couldn't bet, count and, on it, and not to beat up on them, but the bet on Jack was was a risk, a big risk that they I think really undersold. Um, no, I, you know, I, actually, to be honest, Dewitt said it at winter warm-up. Warm we asked him why didn't you go get I, why didn't you go get a front line starter, and his response was, "We have one if Jack stays healthy," and it didn't happen. No, yeah. I mean Jack's not getting paid like a front line starter this off season. He's getting you know fourteen mil. Well, he got a pillow deal. Contract. He got a Greg Holland deal. A go prove it deal. Yeah, and he didn't Detroit prove it last yeah. season. So that I mean they they were they were questionable at both ends. And that's it messes everything up because then you've got and this is something I fight with fans about this off season, like they're mad about Miles Michaelis not pitching well last year, and I'm like, he's a three, go get two guys better than him, and you've got a pretty good rotation. And they're like, there's no way he's a three. And I'm like, no, he is a three. He will pitch 200 innings, whether he's good or bad. Yeah. And every other season, he may be an all star. Like that's a three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if that's not a three, then what are we doing? It's a great. But that's what happens Regular when you don't have a guy. one and two. That's what you have. Then your that. three, I mean, look. he gets projected as a one, and he performs like a bad three, and then everybody's everybody's mad and thinks he stinks. He doesn't stink. One of the things he doesn't. He, no, 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 that's exactly one of the baseball. One of the things that the baseball writers in there was January fourteenth this year is they're going to have some celebration of the two thousand four team. One of the again subtle moves that kind of made that a hundred win team was the acquisition of Jeff Supon. 
right, who was a guy who was recommended by Jim Leland, who's now Hall of Fame manager, but he was a scout for the Cardinals, and he recommended the Cardinals go get Jeff Supon. And you know, what did he do? He just provided quality outings. He just knew, yeah. like, one of the things last year that happened is the Cardinals unloaded their bullpen to survive the series in Colorado. They just were like, all right, we're going to win this series, but it's going to take the whole bullpen to do it. Well, good thing, you know, we got our, our guy, Michaelis or whoever it was, coming back for the weekend, so that'll give us some steadiness because he can give us innings. Then when he didn't, it was over. Yeah. But that guy but that guy is so valuable that, like, Jeff Supon comes in, just makes his starts every day. Jason Marquis is acquired, makes his starts as scheduled. I mean, they keep the trains running, and what it does is it allows you to win series. Win series. Just crank them out. Yeah. You never go through the long losing streak. And that's how you win a division. But I think your question is more like, how do you win in October? That That's the question, right? Yeah, I, I mean, um, yeah, I'm just trying to, uh, again, I'm trying to think of what my my crazy family. Because uh, I, I get in these arguments with them. I'm like, oh, God, I wish uh, Derek and Ben what, were here to. Uh, this, this is a good, <laughs> what is your, how does your family feel about the additions of the pitchers? Oh, completely unimpressed. Okay. Completely unimpressed. Is and that the timing of it? Do you think anything th- – that's what I wonder. Do you think that has anything to do with the timing of it because it was done ahead of time and not, like, no, I just ar- around they, shopping season? Yeah, no, I think they just thought we were going to, you know, if, if they don't Yama, know the name. Yeah. Uh, you know, Or, unfortunately, I think it's because they do know the name Lance Lynn. And, yeah, okay. You know, um, you asked me what it was like to be a fan and uh, – it's gonna. It, I, I'm optimistic about this year. I, okay. I think we. It, I think already the pitching staff. We, we, we have a lot more innings. Uh, but the, last year, I go to the game a lot, and uh, I had to resort to, um, you know, having fun at the ballpark even when the team is uh, <laughs> like uh, not very good. And I have my. Uh, I have my ballpark uh, gags that all my uh, friends that go to the game with me are, are sick of. But uh, one. Um, you know when I do the, the, the hat game where it's like mm-hmm. the three uh-huh. hats and yeah, you see the yeah. ball? Uh, my favorite thing to do with that is, uh, and, and I did go to acting class, so is no matter which ball they reveal, I always get, I always start swearing. I get really angry. I'm like, come on! <laughs> I get really mad. And I sold it really, really well this year. This one old guy, I threw my hat down and I hit the old guy. And uh, my buddy's like, what are you doing? So yeah, that's one of my games. The other game is... Uh, when the girl, the T-shirt girls, the T-shirt cannon or yeah, slingshot yeah, yeah. girls get up on the thing, mm-hmm. uh, and everybody's cause Fred usually, Bird's team, yes, team Fred yes. Bird. Yeah, yeah, I usually I sit a lot, like sort of um, a few rows behind the third base dugout. You know, and, wow, and, and humble yeah, brag. Yeah, this man, is that's that's my favorite seat in a ballpark. Yes, I love it. Uh, you know, depending, I don't go all the time. So you want to be close enough to yell at Dewitt, like spend more. Was <laughs> well, across the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, oh, yeah, he's on the other side. Yeah, he's yeah, on the other side. First on the side. visiting team. Yeah. And you're, you're around yeah. a lot of, the, you know, all the opposing fans right. know, like when Milwaukee comes down, there's a bunch of Milwaukee people there. Sure. But I like that. I don't know. I like that vantage point. That's my um, favorite place to watch a ball game. Is it? Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, there's people that are just going crazy for those T-shirts. And my, my other favorite gag is I, uh, I wave them off when they – I'm like, no, no, we don't, not here. No, we don't want them. No, no T-shirts. We don't want the shirts. Please. No, we, I wave them off. That's a, that's a gag that my friends are all sick of. The other thing, and this, I bet this is a, some comedian's joke out there somewhere, so I want to preface that, because sometimes when I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm like, ah, that premise has got to be taken. But um, you know when they, uh, they say a can of corn when it's just a mm-hmm. lazy just fly ball? Fly ball. Yeah. How terrifying do you think it would be if you were in the outfield and you saw an actual <laughs> can of corn that's supposed to be like, oh, it's easy, it's not a big deal. That would be horribly yeah, terrifying. Like a jugs a, machine? A, can, a steel can yeah, coming at you like point. that? Yeah. You know, it was, it's terrifying, it's like right? If you drop like a penny off of a tall building, it can kill someone. So it's like, oh, here, catch yeah, this a can. can. Of, a can of corn. <laughs> Have you ever felt a can? It's very hard. It's yeah. And uh, so these, um, this that's what I had to resort to last year at the ballpark. I, um, since I've seen you guys, I also, it's been a couple years uh, since we've done this. I, uh, two years ago, I, I, I sat in green seats for the first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was, uh, my, changed. My, I've noticed you changed. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, my buddy. You have air, it, an air about you. I do. Yeah. I do. I, uh, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> my buddy that I uh, bring out on the road, Sean O'Brien, to open for me. I was like, uh, it was his birthday, and I was like, hey, man, you want to go to the game? He's like, ah, I go. You want to go to the game, trust me. And uh, it's it's amazing. Th- th- those things are unbelievable. And it was that game, and you guys will know, it was uh, we played the Mets. Uh, 
Michaelis went pitch per pitch with Scherzer. Uh, I was right there, mm -hmm. and uh, and then Gallegos gives it up in the, I think yeah, yeah. top of the ninth. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was I think it was it was a national TV game, and it was it was amazing. And Michaelis pitched like crazy. Scherzer was having a great year, and uh, yeah, we gave it up there. But man, I don't need to do that. That's that was I was like this this could be a whole new thing. This green seats, you know, that's a great thing back did, there. Did you find that you had less time for the bits because of the new rules? Uh, did you have to adjust? Um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. I, do, I, I ask them professionally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was still able to get them off. I mean, some of them, uh, you know, the hat thing, the hat thing, especially with last year, I was like, what, what is the hat? Have we done the hat yet? Yeah, I got to do the hat. And then I also, uh, and uh, my act's pretty clean, uh, but I will say with that bit, uh, the, the hat bit, the hat game bit, where you, mm -hmm. you get upset when no matter which one they reveal, uh, I, if there's not kids around, uh, I go blue. Yeah. I, go real, I go blue. You go, blue, you go road way, cardinal it's, it's cap. Way more effective. You go road it's cardinal much funnier cap. Yeah, yeah. If I, uh, a so screen. are you calling out the wrong number? Is that part of it? Like, are you, if it's clear, I mean, it's very clearly two and you're Basically, going three yeah, to three? No, I'm not calling anything out. I'm okay. just saying, you're just in I'm your just head. trying to make people around me think that this guy's getting. One, he's so dumb he didn't get the he didn't get the cap, and two, he's getting so upset that he lost at the cap game. That's that's my gag. Yeah, is is, is everybody's like, that's good. Yeah. Nobody cares about the cap. I, I, I get it's overly the, upset about the cap. It's the guy at the roulette table who put it all on green <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't have it work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's that. Yeah, moment, right? I, sometimes I talk about I'm gonna I, I gotta borrow I, I, another guy. I'll be like I gotta borrow some money. I, I'm, I'm in deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I, gotta, I gotta get some new gags. So uh, I'm, I'm actually curious about this because I, here's what I ask. So I told you I wrote that like layup column about you know MLB Network disrespects Bob Gibson. Like yeah. when there's red meat on the table, you take it. But in looking up some numbers about Gibson, you know they 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 rank these lists since uh, since since it's like from the day Jackie Robinson debuted on, which is how they should yes. rank lists, right? Because like if you weren't playing with the best players, like then you don't get to be considered one of the best players. Like you had to do it in that era. Totally fair. I'm like looking at all these numbers. Gibson's like crazy high and everything, of course. But I'm looking like down ballot, like 50-ish, 100-ish, like all really good pitchers. And I kept seeing like Sonny Gray's name a lot. Really? Mm -hmm. In like yeah. innings pitched. Yeah. And, and, mm -hmm. But also like important stats, like, you know, ERA, like strikeouts mm -hmm. to walks. I mean, important things we still value now or we value maybe more now than we ever have before. And I'm like, dang. Sonny Gray's pretty high on a lot of these a lot of these lists, and I'm like, where do I feel about Sonny Gray? Because I've said this before, like I don't look at Sonny Gray and go, that guy's an ace. He's a number one of any staff he's on, no matter what. And we all have different definitions of what these things are. I think where I'm at is on Sonny Gray is I think this is his chance to prove to the world that he is that guy. Yeah. I think he's flirted with it, and maybe you can make maybe people can make the case that he is that guy. But I think like this isn't the postseason success. This is invitation to be like I'm mm -hmm. the best starter on any team I'm on, and he sounds listening to him that he's more than eager to not have that opportunity for him individually. But that's his mentality is like he's still got a lot left to prove. I was surprised when you dig into his numbers just how not only solid but spectacular some of them are. Is Aaron Nola an ace? Yes, but part of that's what he's done. In the postseason. In October. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that – and that's why – not to go off the rails, we all agree, so it would be a bad – like, that's part of why it's so obscene that Gibson got left off that list. Like, he's a killer. He's yeah. a killer in the postseason. Mm -hmm. The guy Just the one through complete sure. games yeah. in World Series. He struck out 17 in a World Series. Like, he's he his ERA was like two, and then in the postseason it was like one. <laughs> like, like yeah. I mean, he's, it's, it's obscene. Yeah. I don't know how he got overlooked. I, I didn't ask. Did you ask? I'm assuming that they they just had to cut somebody from the list in terms of like they were all about updating the list. They wanted to put Kershaw I mean, it was pretty. It's pretty. They, well, Kershaw's off. fine. I mean, Kershaw but, shouldn't if well, but Kershaw shouldn't be on if Gibson. Kershaw shouldn't be on any list that Bob Gibson's not on. Kershaw is a postseason shrinker. I mean, he's the opposite. Well, and he, of Bob and he got Gibson. the MVP. I mean, he's got the regular season yeah, he was, credentials. Man, he, but his numbers for regular season for an extended yeah, period for sure. of time were I mean, so good. We're talking good. about the best of the best, like. 
he he's one of the best pitchers. I mean, they skewed modern, right? Pitchers if Gibson isn't on it, that they skewed Bob modern, Gibson's right? Like top three. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, Sandy Randy Kofax, Johnson was one, so how is Bob Gibson not? Yeah. Not like Bob what? Gibson. If Pedro Martinez is on, Bob Gibson should be on. Pedro yeah. Martinez was on, and yeah. like there, maybe there's some similarity there in like super, super awesome like postseason dominance, like some a peak collection of years. But when you anyway, point is, I was impressed by Sonny Gray, and I'm kind of wondering like, why isn't Sonny Gray getting more? I think it's maybe because the Cardinals people feel like the Cardinals are saying this is the ace, this is the number one. I got I got but two I, thoughts on they're it. Not, one, they're not broadca- one is he didn't get an ace they're contract. They're not broadcasting him like that though. But, they're not doing that thing that they do with Dexter Fowler where they're like he's all the answered all yeah, the problems. Yeah. But they're I think not. they're kind of underselling him and they maybe they shouldn't be. But I think that part of it is he didn't get like that ace contract, right? Like his contract could be the first hundred million dollar free agent contract um, for a pitcher by the Cardinals and really only the second ever. And Matt Holiday. You know, he re-signed. Right. Um, so Sonny Gray could have that, but it could. It isn't, you know, so it yeah. doesn't, like, catch it all. It fits his opportunity. It maybe. does, yeah. yeah. But it yeah. doesn't, like, catch all the eyeballs with the headlines right. of, like, you know, nine-figure deal and everything like that. The other thing is, I, you know, he really struggled in New York. And whatever you think about, like, uh, you know, how where the, where the temperature is set in baseball conversation, it still is kind of New York. You know, maybe that shifts to L.A. Maybe, I mean, some of it certainly has. Mm-hmm. But if you don't perform well in New York, that's going to follow you around. Yeah. So, wow. I, 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 you I know, just, yeah. Derek Cole had to go there and perform like he is for people to go like, oh, yeah, that guy's an, that guy's an ace. Well, that's just because they were thought he was cheating in Houston. Right. <laughs> that wasn't, was that going to New York or leaving Houston, though? I mean, or I both. think it's maybe both. both yeah. And also signing a nine-figure huge yeah. whopper of a deal. What's nope. your is that is that like the same in like I guess it is in sh- in like show business where it's like well they can never if their if their jokes are funny here they could but they wouldn't be funny in New York I'm like I don't Man, know there like, is a little people bit of... laugh in New York like they laugh anywhere in the country like yeah. Eric and I go crazy about this because like I'm of the, and I've talked to Harrison Bader about this yeah Harrison Bader's from New York he's played in St Louis he played for the Yankees and he's like and I agree with him he's like look like. Yeah, it's tough being in New York and tough playing for the Yankees, but also, like, St. Louis doesn't have the New York football giants to distract them. They don't have the New York Knicks. Yes. Like, they're under, these guys are under a microscope as much now when there's no baseball being played as they are. Like, we're sitting here breaking down, like, yeah. Sonny Gray's numbers. Arm like, slots of a reliever. Like, it reminds me of Tennessee when I worked in Tennessee, and it would be, like, heat of basketball season, and, like, you call in on the radio, and the guy'd be like, "I want to hear about the second string punter out yeah, 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 yeah. Like it never <laughs> yeah, stops yeah, yeah, here yeah, for yeah. baseball. So I would argue that, like this idea, like that they're not under pressure here. Like I'm not, I'm not buying that. Sonny Gray will feel as much pressure to perform here as he did when he was with the Yankees. Now it might not be, it might be a different kind, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we phrase our questions differently, and we're not like as antagonistic. Which I, don't I mean, that's I've heard some of those New York questions. I mean, and they're Philly, not that tough. Philly is that. Philly, yeah. Philly is, that, is the but because antagonist. the fans are the, the media. both. It's yeah. both. Yeah. I mean, the the, the, the a lot of the things you hear about New York are true in Philly. The like as far as like the tone of the media coverage and how aggressive and and like cross examination that that stuff is Philly. Philly. Is that- is that that happens in your line of work where people are like, well, well you, yeah, we might be funny in in uh, Indianapolis, but put them in New York. I mean, I lived in New York and in L. A. Right. and you did stand up in both. And I will tell you, like, uh, it's those are the only two. Like when I write a joke, or you know, I, I'm writing it for everywhere, and I don't. People are always like, is it different in different areas of the country? No, not really. The except for in New York City. And in Hollywood, like though it is a little different, man. Ooh, how way? Well, in what way? Um, in in uh, in New York, it's got to be a little tighter. It's got to have a little more of an edge to it. And the way that th- they see shows there, so like pizza. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> got to be a little tighter. Yeah, got a little bit of an edge. To a little it. bit of an edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It, the way you do shows in New York is like sort of almost every club is like showcase style. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So instead of like, hey, if you're going to the Funny Bone in St. Louis, you'll see a local MC who's, a, you know, okay, and then a, maybe a feature, a middle guy who's doing 20 minutes that's from St. Louis, and then the out-of-town headliner. You go to New York, you're going to see, and, you know, and the, the local MC in St. Louis does 
10 minutes, the mm-hmm. middle act does mm-hmm. 20, and then the headliner does, you know, an hour. Um, in New York, it's like you're going to see, uh, you know, they have 10, 15 comics on the lineup, and everybody's doing 10 minutes, and it's a good 10 minutes. I, I remember when I first got up there, uh, I, I, I was there in my 40s. I had already been on TV a bunch of times, and I felt like I was pretty good. And I remember a couple shows, like, walking home being like, you know, when I said I wanted a new challenge, um, I didn't mean an actual challenge. I, 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 I wanted to have instant success in a different geography. I, I, it really it threw me a little bit early on. Because, you know, I remember one time I thought I was like, uh, the, when you do a late night set, uh, you know, you can pretty much go around town the night before and just run your set, you know, mm-hmm. run your five minutes. And I was doing Seth Meyers, and I was like, okay, I'm... I'm the man in the city, you know, go wherever I want. And I went to this club, Gotham Comedy Club, which is a really good club. And I was like, hey, I'm going to do a set. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, good, great. And then uh, I, I was feeling like I was the man. And they, they pulled me on the shoulder right before I was supposed to go up. They were like, hey, you're not going up. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Uh, and they were like, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Seinfeld. I, was like, okay, okay, I, see, I see why I'm wow. not going up. Yeah, 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 wow. yeah. And he was running a set for the Tonight Show. That, that's a little uh, bit like McGuire on deck, and Tony goes, hey, you're not going up, and Carrie Robinson goes <laughs> up. It's, exa- it's like that, right? Uh, like Is that, that how it felt? Um, yeah, it felt, it was, it was, it was actually pretty, uh, pretty cool. That's really yeah, cool. I like, the, I like the analogy. Though. Or better yet, it's, the, it's whoever Albert Pujols pinch hit for and hit the grand slam in like the third inning of that game. I, mean, I should know that. It's similar to New York baseball where everybody gets 10 minutes and then they get shuffled off stage. <laughs> yeah, 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 somebody yeah, else yeah. goes out there and tries to win for the Mets or the Yankees. <laughs> right. It's like yeah, Justin Verlander. Uh, yeah. Here, your yeah, time is yeah, Carlos yeah. Rodon, up. Nope, time's no. up. Gotta yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Gotta go get yeah, Frankie yeah. Montas. No, yeah, gotta Steve go. Cohen <laughs> puts his hand on Justin yeah. Verlander. Hey, look. <laughs> You're not taking the mound. We got uh, we Everybody, got we, we got Jerry Seinfeld. Everybody <laughs> say hi to Max Scherzer. Okay, he's gone again. <laughs> the names that you just said was what terrified me, though. Sure, Montas and Rodon were they were the two big guys that everybody wanted last year, and and they they didn't pitch, did they? Mm-mm, not much and, but until they blew up, and and now we'll see. Like one of those guys will probably pitch all day. Like that's just Rondo, how, yeah, yeah, how it yeah. works. Um, but that's and that scared me. That's and I, that's, that's I was like, and, I I know we got to spend money, but what if we spend all this money and it's it's Rodon? See, that's, so it's that's interesting. That's where that's where John Mozalek was arguing. Is his point was like I need to start, and he was telling people who any anybody who was listening, he was saying I need to start with volume. And this is what he talked about. I need it like it was there on Phoenix. He's like, I need to start with volume, and then we'll see how high we go with the other. But I got to get this like bedrock of innings in place. And like even he talked to uh, um, you know Bo McInnes, the Sonny Gray's agent, and said, I, I, I want to do something first, then we want to come after Sonny. Sonny is our priority, but to make that work, I want to start somewhere. And that was with Lynn and Gibson. You know, and, and Gibson and Lynn, they'd been in communication. They'd been teammates before. And actually, Lance had been teammates with Sonny Gray before, too. And so there, there was a sense like, okay, well, are you going to sign one or both? Or sign which one? No, it wasn't both. Which one? And then they signed both. And Mo's argument was it gave me a known quantity. That's exactly what you're like. These guys are going to pitch. Yeah. You know, if there's a catastrophic injury, you can't. I mean, Pitching like, is risk. They'll just switch but a- switch arms. They'll switch arms. Like, <laughs> those are the guys they are. There's like, they're gonna, like they're going to pitch. All those guys we brought in, was it two or three years ago in the middle of the season that got us all it's the exactly. It's exactly. It's exactly that. Lester and Hap. Yeah. yeah. It was, they just throw innings. They just got. They just did it before the start of the season. Everything settled down after that. Yeah, it, it is so valuable. <laughs> and they just decided to start there instead yeah. of wait until July. Yeah. yeah. But, it does, but you're right. It's like not – it's so interesting because like – you just can't win, right? And there, there are different ways to go about it. But from a team's perspective, you can't win. You move early, and you're like, all right, hey, we're being aggressive. And the fans go, yeah, but look at the guys who are signing late, man. Don't you want to wait for some of those superstars? Or if you wait late and then you end up with nobody, then obviously you, you missed. It's just a weird spot to be in because you know, contrarian points of view just rule everything. Yeah, I mean, yes. Like my brother. It's like they're terrible. They didn't sign anybody. They don't. There's no pitching. They've spent the fifth or sixth most money on free agent, but people don't want to hear that because there's more spending to be had out there, and they'll be lapped. Yeah, I think there's a case without saying they've signed nobody to be made that like okay, you've got your, you've got your bulk, 
Like mm-hmm. he went to Costco, and and I'm not, and, and and now Sonny Gray is like not that. He's he's outside right. of that. Yeah. There's a, there's a case to be made that now there's an opening to take to take that guy who's like the Jack Flaherty, that instead of saying that guy's gonna go get 200 innings, which that wasn't gonna happen, but if he has a great year and you have the bulk, then you've got the sizzle. Like mm-hmm. that's that's that was the glass like, now thinking. That was right? the glass yeah. now thing is like. This guy, don't count on him to be your 200-inning guy. Count on him to be the guy who has a year like Blake Snell did last year yeah, right. if everything goes right. And if not, well, then he's a swing guy. Like, that's the gamble left to be played if you don't want to bet on getting the bullpen right. And they may get the bullpen right and nail it, but how can any team feel like that's a given? Because no one knows what an effective reliever is. It's yeah. going to be. And, that's the, and, they, and they admit this. They're like, we're going to try to be better about which relievers they get. Um, and so they're just choosing to gamble on the bullpen more than the rotation. Well, who, who's the guy that you would you would get? Would it be Cease or would it be? Or, uh... I mean, well, Glass now would have been the, would have been the guy that would have made sense. But you, then you look at what it took to get him, and you're like, okay, you know, that that was that's well, a the extension bet. in place, and then the paying him for a guy who's never pitched 120. The Cardinals. Yeah. There were people within the Cardinals who were excited about the idea of Glass now going back like before last season even ended. Yeah, yeah. Like he was not a guy that there was like that wasn't just like fan fiction theory. Like they were like, yeah, that that could be. They workshop what, could be what it what would we, do. That could be part of what we need. Yeah, that that was the idea. Was okay. How get in a position to make that and trade? That's and take on that financial burden. You know, take on his salary right. twenty five million, and that'll lessen. What you have to give in return—that's that's the kind of deal they wanted to make. That's and that's where I'm wary of them because sometimes they have those ideas and then they they aren't there, so then they convince themselves they never needed them. But mm. and they've done that in the past. So I'm, I'm, I'm my worry is that that's happening again. That they're gonna be like, no, we just need the bulk. We just needed the bulk. They didn't yeah. need the bulk, and then the, and then the the kind of the, the the thing that could put them over the top if it works out right. Yeah, I feel like. I don't know. I, I feel like if they get the bullpen right, I, I would love to have the, the sizzle. But if they don't, um, if they get the bullpen right. Well, the sizzle can be in the bullpen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe the sizzle goes in the bullpen. There, there, there's, but, there's, but who? Like you said, it's so volatile. Like the sizzle almost has to develop. I mean, well, it's or if you sign Hater. one of these guys from <laughs> you know, from yeah. overseas who comes in and dominates. I mean, they've had good luck with real, yeah. o, o has O has was one of their – Smartest bullpen pickups in recent years. Now, that's a that's not a hard competition to win because um, there were some really bad bullpen pickups. But yeah. some they have seen, they have had a good read on guys who who come over well from there. Uh, yeah, I just feel like you know maybe this sizzle comes in in August or, or or whatever. But I you look at the first what is it, first three or four weeks of the season? Mm-hmm. It's like, then you may be out of that by the – if you, if it's not yeah. right. I mean, it's it's brutal, isn't it? Yeah, there are four games in Dodger Stadium to open up, so you'll have all of the Otani Fest and whatever. You're going to face Glasno, and you're going to have all of the things that the Dodgers do right there in their home team – First or their home fans first Will look Bueller at it. Will be back by then? Or? They're gonna yeah he'll be back in some way. Okay. Um, but you know yeah he'll be back in some way. They're gonna be obviously super cautious with him. Uh, then from there you go south and face Mike Schilt and the San Diego Padres who are divesting of all their talent. But you know they'll still be they still have talent there. Yeah. Still um, and then you come back to St. Louis for the home opener against the manager of the year, Skip Schumacher. I mean, it's like, as far as narratives go, which I don't like cast on work. Then you're playing the Diamondbacks? Then you're back, yeah. Then you're back playing the National League, and then I think you got to go to Oakland. There's, uh, there is Oakland. Yeah, Oakland's in there. Oakland's that's in when there. Yadier Molina joins the team. <laughs> right, when they, and they go on a sweep. He's got, that, he's got that planned out today. <laughs> like, uh, Mo, I'm going to come join for the Oakland trip. <laughs> the hotel is still in San Francisco, right, Mo? <laughs> I, I look forward to Yachty showing up for like the the, the 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 most winnable series, and then like the, then every, all the fans will keep track of the record with Yachty in attendance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, can you imagine the lame duck the the crowds in Oakland? Or oh yeah, I can I can totally imagine. I can't wait to see it. It's, uh, yeah. I went. I That's lived in Houston. It's terrible. It's I lived Rams in Houston all the, over again. Yeah, I lived in Houston the year when the Oilers were gone. Oh and, yeah, and uh, and and but oh, you, yeah, this is your tell people your your football while you while you are 
you refuse to watch. I, the don't, NFL. I, don't, I don't. You this don't is, watch the NFL. He's got, Not at all. He's got, we don't. We don't watch. We, I'm, we don't watch it at our place either. I can't stand it. Listen I, to I, this. Well, I was a giant St. Louis Cardinal football fan, as big as I am baseball, maybe even more as a kid. And then they left. Um, and then uh, my first job out of college was in Houston, and I Warren Moon was down there, and I was way into it. And they left, and then I moved home. Uh, and the Ram, you know, the Rams left. So I uh, three times. I, I hate Oof. it, but I was there when the Oilers. They had another year before they were already gone, and those games. I still remember, like it was. They were playing the Chiefs in a preseason game or something. Maybe not even preseason, but a bunch of people went. A bunch of people came from out of town to go to this game, and they only had like two concession stands open. <laughs> this is at the Astrodome. Yeah, at the Astrodome. Oh my god! They gosh. only had like two concession stands open because they didn't think anybody was going to be there, and they only had like one gate to get in. <laughs> yeah. And it was the I, we sat out there for like an hour trying to get in. It was horrible. You man. met everybody. You know everybody's name. Yes, it was <laughs> terrible, man. And Oakland's going to be worse. Yeah. The coolest thing yeah. they did last year was they had that reverse boycott. Where they showed up to 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 carry like place. sell the sell the team signs like twenty thousand plus people to like demand the team get sold, <laughs> which is just awesome. I wish, I wish that uh, that would have happened. Something like that would have happened. One of like Not the conver- made a difference. One of the conversation great, around great Major League Baseball was like, all right, well, if they're going to expand, like they're building their way toward expansion, now they got to figure out this broadcast thing first. They're not going to. They they can't. They yeah. they're going to lose money on broadcast, and one of the way they're going to make that money back is through expansion fees. Like we can see how this all lines up, right? But they got to solve the TV thing first, and then count the pennies that they lost to put into it, and then that'll be the expansion. And the question was like, well, where would be a great expansion team? Where are the two expansion teams? And Nashville is well positioned. Sure. Nashville is crazy well positioned for one. And it's like, well, the other one ought to be Oakland. You know, like I mean, you ought to go back to Oakland. Because with that an owner who with an owner has who some sort of yeah, relationship yeah. with the yeah. city, you know, because you have like yeah, you know, I mean, Dave Stewart is gonna is involved in the Nashville thing, but he and Reggie Jackson have really tried at times to do Oakland. There's there's um, the Warriors owner there, yeah. oh, the really? Golden State Warriors, uh, Golden State Warriors, um, their owner, you know, is there and would work with baseball or at least be interested in baseball. So you have this possibility now, whether or not the Giants permit that, who knows, but. The, the, I mean, it's like, well, you should go back to Oakland yeah. and, and get a better ball. That ballpark used to be amazing. It used to be beautiful before and it would be the Mount only Davis pro sport. Like, closed off. And it would be the only, be pro, the sp- only pro sport on there. that side of the bay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, Montreal's the other one, right? Or, Montreal's another one. Yeah. Portland really wants but is, hasn't been in position. Um, Charlotte is discussed. Um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's – awesome. Vegas obviously was one. Um you know, so but I mean, they, they could still do like that the Major League Baseball shell game, right? Where all of a sudden, like the Oakland A's stay in Oakland and they get the expansion oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. owner, yeah. And the Oakland A's current owner gets the quote-unquote expansion team, like they did when when they moved around Washington and Miami and the Expos, right? Wasn't that like they were all like there was an ownership switch there where it went from Montreal to to Miami, so. You could see, gosh, that would be messy, but I don't know. There's just, there's got to be a way. Have you been to a game in Oakland before? Never, no. Um, I've been to San Francisco, but not, yeah. uh, but never Oakland. Yeah. I, it's, I like the vibe there. Um, you know, it's got kind of a soccer feel to it, um, but it'd be so much better if they had, like, just, like, not a football behemoth stadium. Yeah. And had that view of the, the mountains there that they used to have. It reminds me of the, um, I went to a game right before the Twins moved. Uh, oh, the Metrodome. The Metrodome. It was, yeah. it, it, was, it, it, it was like bad news. They had like banners that look like 7-Eleven, you know, has a hot, <laughs> like is a deal on hot dogs or something like that. Like it looked like they just put it up. You know, it, was, it was like vinyl banners coming down. It was terrible, yeah. man. It was awful. I hope the owners do something to do right by Oakland because this has been, you feel like, Look, it's all business. It's all money. But like watching the way things went down with the NFL, you just felt like, golly, the one. It made me like baseball more actually, because I felt like some of the ownership in baseball was just a little more like. I feel like there would be more baseball owners who stepped up and said, "This is this isn't right." Yeah, than yeah. There was in the NFL. You think that? And then they rip Oakland out and throw it in Vegas, and it's like you read into the details of it. And not that people listening care that much, but, like, they had a, a plan that would have given money. They had, 
like they had some stuff in motion that was kind of similar to what St. Louis really had mm-hmm. in trying to keep very in trying to keep the Rams. Really? Nationally, it just gets told as like Oakland didn't try to keep the team. Like it's not no, true. they did. It's, like, not, it's true. not true that St. Louis uh, didn't try to. St. Louis yep. tried to keep its team. It's very similar. So and they a had a plan. The owner just kept wanting more he and more and out. more, and he wanted he wanted you know, like to go he wanted to promise of re- he wanted to cut. The Vegas the, site is small, too small for a stadium. Yeah. there's some real problems. The the teachers union in Las Vegas is like suing the mm-hmm. the public uh, money aspect of it because they think it's like not good for the. Community, I think it's like affecting their pin. I don't know the, the fine details of it, but there's like some real resistance in Vegas that no one talks and about. And it's possible that there won't be anybody at some of the ball part, some of the ball games because you know, like, are locals going to go be in summer? Forty-five degrees. And like, are, your can shoes you count be melting on the, to the, the tourists cycling through to go? No, no, because no. they want to go to shows, not ball no, games, you right? Can't. Uh, yeah, it's. Have you done shows in Vegas? Yeah, yeah. What's I, that crowd like? It's uh, kind of fun, but it's it's. Mostly people from out of town. Yeah, yeah I do shows at the MGM. Where, uh, Brad Garrett, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he has yeah, a comedy yeah. club. Yeah, there. he and oh. he's this great guy in it. But it's, I like gambling, so uh, <laughs> it's I, I like uh, on my little spreadsheet. They, uh, you know, it's like you're gonna make this much money, and I'm like, I'm I, I'm making no money. Like I uh, doubling that, that. All of that funnels to gambling. <laughs> so I, 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 over the years, I've weaned it down. So, like, so are you gonna be you're gonna be out there when Major League Baseball now makes Las Vegas its home for these awards things? Because they they had the rollout of should, the show that into an this past weekend. You should like introduce one of the awards. Yep. Yeah, yeah, man, that'd be you great. Make that happen. I'm yeah. doing. Derek I think I'm there. In the, I think I'm there like Labor Day or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're gonna start doing meetings out there. It really? Looks, it sounds like yeah, the GM meetings always out there, and then an awards because they did the All MLB Team awards out there, and they've they've had attempts to have the Gold Gloves out there before, but they want to make it like a destination. Yeah. And then awards show. Oh, like, okay. Like okay, SBs, I see what you yeah, Like yeah. they have uh, Major League Baseball. Like wants the to ones do that, that uh, Gibson got left off. Of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they want to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. I want to be there for that. Yeah, I want to be the. the you gotta send your dad my column. He'll love that. He'll think I'm like the greatest. Oh yeah, man. He yeah. But, so, which can I ask you this question? Sure, you, yeah, sure. Uh, like, like, I and I kind of know the answers, okay, but I just don't articulate it all that well when they get me riled up. But like, why? Could those guys all go in nine innings uh, back then? Um, why and and now they can't. And is it? I I, I think I, I mostly know the answers, but I'd love to hear it from guys that are smarter than I am when it comes to it's, baseball. I mean, the three things stand out. One, it's it's how they're developed. Like this is a big thing that Scherzer and Wainwright and some of these guys actually openly talk about. And uh, Wainwright, now that he's retired, and Scherzer with his role in the union, they've 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 brought this up before. Is if you cannot be so protective of pitchers in the minor leagues and have them go five innings there, and then when they get to the majors and everything is harder, expect them to go seven. It's the other way. So if you are developing short-term pitchers, then you're gonna get short. Term pitchers, you're you're putting a governor on them already, which is true. They're, that teams aren't saying it, but one way to keep costs down is to not have 200 inning pitchers because you're not gonna, you don't have to pay that high salary. Pitchers become more what's the word fungible? Yeah, interchangeable. Interchangeable. So you limit their. So whether or not they're doing it. It's just it's everybody's what, a reliever. It's one more example of like a topic that comes up a lot here on the podcast is of the tail wagging the dog. The analytics went from giving us great information on how to evaluate and predict future performance. Now, somewhere along the way in the last 20 years, now they started dictating performance, not just evaluating and projecting. It started dictating. And so third time through, right? Yeah. Like now third time through for some teams is you're out. Yes. It used to be like 100 pitches and you're out. Whenever those 100 pitches came, that was an arbitrary thing that was kind of worked. It kind of felt right. Third time through, now there are analytics that tell us this, that show this. And some manager will be like, yeah, but you got to feel the game. you got to, like, this guy has his stuff or this guy, you know, that team seems off. Well, no, third time through, you're out. That is limiting, like it's just putting a ceiling on what can be expected of a starter. That has the impact of putting a ceiling on what they have to spend on a starter. And then it puts a ceiling on how you develop starters. And it's those three things 
that are kind of creating this 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 culture of five and go. And you hear it from starters. I've talked to starters, you know, through the through the recent years, and they talk about like, you know, how do you get a win? Like, because they're kind of still caught up in this notion that a win still matters, though yeah. we don't use it in the same way. But I like to get a win. I want to get a win. I want a winning record. Everything like that. It's like cool. We'll pitch more than five innings. Like it's pretty simple. Oh, they're not going to let me do that. What? Like, you want to win, pitch deeper into a game. Right. That's a great way to get a win for you personally. Sure. And it helps the team. Yeah. And There's... it's so interesting because baseball's now got this culture where this, like, this cap is put on what's expected from a starter. And, it, and, it, and they're developed to meet that cap. And the analytics, are, are they, the analytics support that cap. And so pitchers now buy into that cap. Yeah. And it's just, it's not working. There's an injury thing, too, where people have convinced themselves, well, yeah, he'll the get risk. hurt if he pitches more. Well, and, and maybe uh, some of that's Self-fulfilling maybe, prophecy. Maybe some of that's true. You, you're but right. Also, like, you don't develop him to pitch it, more, it, they're going to get hurt. And in Bob Gibson's day, like, when he's arm twins, they didn't, like, put him in the MRI tube. Like, he was like, no, let's put some stuff on it. And yeah. be, like, Sandy Kovacs couldn't move his arm. And, like, well, and they didn't, yeah, and they didn't have and the just, MRIs they did, they, and everything. They pitched through stuff that guys now don't pitch through. Right. And also, like, I'm not saying, like, this isn't, like, Oh, guys need to be tougher. Like I'm not telling guys what they should or shouldn't do, but guys get back then. Guys would pitch through all kinds of stuff. I mean, Bob Gibson pitched to three hitters on a broken leg. Like that doesn't happen it, now. Like the second something doesn't feel right, this is a multi-million because dollar so much investment. Money is at stake. Like yeah. the team yeah. doesn't want that guy it, to go pitch with an arm it, issue. They want to get him checked out and they want to make sure they can try to keep it, him healthy. So now, like, there's just a whole. It's just a different world where they're almost like look at it like. Not to compare pitchers to machines, but like a finely tuned machine, like a rate, finely tuned Formula One race car, like you're not going to run it on on low oil. Yeah. Like back in the day, right. they were just like, oh, just hammer the Push hammer it. the pedal, you'll yeah. be all right. And it led to amazing things. One of the things that's, that, is in, that I find interesting, it goes back to your Jordan Hicks question, right? Like the Cardinals reassessing how they use Jordan Hicks was – you know, if they go back to that time, which we spoke about in that phone call in Montreal, and go, well, is it better for him to be up in the majors or sign Greg Holland and not have him be in the majors and work as a starter? Like, they can kind of go back and audit that and look at it. But in the end, they don't know how that turns out either. Um, right. It's the Strasburg in the playoffs against the Cardinals, right? The Nationals choose not yeah. to pitch Steven Strasburg against the Cardinals. And it's this self-fulfilling prophecy because there is no parallel universe that we can go, well, how'd it work out if he yeah. did pitch? Yeah, it's you the know? Randy Rosarena would have been done this here. Well, even, but, but no, yeah, but it's maybe. even worse. It's even worse or because... Sandy Alcantara would have developed like he did with the Marlins here. Well, maybe they couldn't develop But it's them. even worse because the Nationals can say, well, we would have banked on an injury earlier. Like, it's not right. just like, oh, well, we don't know if he would have performed here. It's like, we're, we could guarantee that he'd miss a year because of, a, of, a, of an injury. Maybe not. But you don't know. Maybe not. But they, they convince themselves of it that it becomes a self-fulfilling. We are skipping him here. We are not using him here for his long-term health. There is no way to step in and go, you're wrong. You, just, yeah, you, just, you yeah, either you yeah. sound like a heel or you can't prove it or whatnot. So these teams make these decisions that are kind of bulletproof from criticism because you can't prove them wrong. I mean, it affects guys too, whether they say it or not. Like if you're a pitcher, like if you're a runner, and you and they tell you the race is five miles long, and then all of a sudden, like they tell you, like, well, you can go five, but really it would be safer if you go four. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you hit four and a third of a mile, you're like, yeah. I don't know about this. I'm yeah. Four and a half. You're like, oh, I'm risking it. Like that stuff trickles down into guys' heads. I mean, they're they're people. Congratulations, you've reached the midpoint of this holiday best podcast in baseball marathon. You're halfway through the conversation recorded at Sunday Best there in the Central West End, featuring comedian Greg Warren and St. Louis Post-Dispatch sports columnist Ben Fredrickson. You can, of course, again, see Greg Warren's special, The Salesman. It's on YouTube and... Spoiler alert, in the next part of this episode of BPIB, we discussed that he's coming to St. Charles in April to do a show. So he'll be back in St. Louis area to do one of his shows there in April at the Funny Bone. Part two of this podcast is coming up shortly, where we begin by talking about just which of the current Cardinals would be the best college wrestler. Greg Warren has insight on what it takes 
to be a successful college wrestler, and much, much more. In part two of this best podcast in baseball, brought to you by Closet by Design of St. Louis and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Happy holidays, and look for part two of this holiday BPIB dropping shortly, right after this one. Seriously, right after. I'd be surprised if it's not there already. It's coming right away. Just to, I'm just going to load one, edit the other one, and then load it. So you have it there for all of your long-distance car rides this season. Happy holidays. Enjoy the new year. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.